Right. So. Wow. It's very formal. I like it. I stayed up till two o'clock this morning. <laughs> right. Do you want me to refer Burton. to as Liam Burton? Yeah, that's all right. Oh, fucking hell. I'll just call you Liam. Yeah. That's, I mean, most people just call me Liam. But... Yeah. Well, this has already started. We've yeah. this, that's our opening. Yeah. Very professional. Smooth intro. So, um, Liam, when we first met, mm-hmm. it was it, it still haunts me to this day, this meeting. And I, I may remember it incorrectly. No, I think my, it's probably My first right. memory is uh, back in school. Eight? Year eight? Nine. Was it year nine? Yeah. Oh, it depends what memory you're talking about. Our first meeting was year nine. Well, I... I had oh, my taster day in year oh, eight, which you're starting to remember okay. by the, the twinkle in your eye that involved a drama lesson. Well, no. What I remembered was a music lesson, or maybe a break time. I was in the recording studio, locked it, because I, I was cool. I was one of the, the cool kids that sat in the recording studio playing stuff. But after and, this story, uh, we be- we both became that cool kid. Well, so. yeah, I mean, yeah. And you knocked on the door, wanted to come in. And I, I, I don't remember it exactly. I I may have made up some of this in my head to sort of like, um, I don't know whether you'd heard that I was a fan of Queen at the time or quite what. But for some reason, one thing I do seem to recall, and maybe this is something I've made up, is I quizzed you. Like you said something about liking Queen or something got brought up somehow. And so I was, I think I said something like, name a Queen song then. I was thinking, yeah, if you can name his Queen song, he obviously knows who Queen are. Yeah, because no one can do that, yeah. obviously. I, that was my thinking at the time. Nobody else has really listened to them, only me. I'm their only fan. But it was a very crazy thought. Yeah. Is that incorrect? Is that? Um, well, my memory is a bit, it's the same sort of story, but but more accurate. a complete flip side of it where i got to the recording well, you, studio you were the first. other side of the door i think we were we were meant to be um oh we were right okay music lesson we always did the register and it's like now go to the keyboards mm-hmm. everyone rushed to get their best one but you always got the recording studio and i beat you to the recording studio that right. day okay. and you just came in and went get out <laughs> and i was like why you're always in here yeah but i know how to use it right and i was like well maybe we could you could show me how to use it and you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm doing this. Get out. And I was right. like, well, no, we like, we might work well together. What, what sort of music do you like? You're like, um, well, Queen. I, lo- I love Queen. So you got me to answer that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Queen. And you're like, all right, well, what's your, what's your favorite Queen song? Obviously, it's Bohemian Rhapsody because that's, you know. Did you actually know the, I, did you actually know the name of the song at the time? Uh, or I can't did you say that. the one? With the uh, with the opera bit, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't that's... know. Something in my head sort of says that's what <laughs> that you I tripped said. myself up with it. Yeah, and but, I going, yeah, mm. I, I lied basically. And then I think in my head, I thought, well, it's a, it's a difficult title. He probably does know the song. But you, like, you sort of introduced me to it. I did know Queen beforehand, but not as much of a fan. And I'm now a big fan of Queen. So yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, I, I was in a bit of a. They're the only band that exists in the world, and it's not healthy, not healthy at all. <laughs> Not in 2004 or 2002. Whatever it was. So from there, we went on to... So what's the this drama one then? Uh, I, on my oh. on my induction day, because I joined the school late. So it was at the <clears> end of year eight. At the end of year eight, I, I went to just like a taste a day type thing. And in a drama class, ended up in... Um, I don't know if you need to blank out names in this sort of thing. In a group of people... Um, their sort of group, including... Do that. And... 
um, and I'll be, I'll be ended getting up rid of those names in yeah. the costume in the costume cupboard. And then we our, our play featured a striptease, which stripped us down to our school uniform. But still, on my on my taster day, I ended up doing a striptease in front of the class. Yeah. You obviously can't remember that. I was going to say, did you put a dress on or something? I think so. I think I started with See, that's a dress, starting to yeah. come back to me. Yeah. This is one of those things I... I Cold sweats in the middle I, of the um, night. Yeah, I, I shut out. Yeah. A memory I got rid of. There's a lot Fair of memories enough. from back then I got rid of. Yeah. Um. So as time progressed, it was... It, was, it, it became more clear that you wanted to do more acting than music stuff. Mm-hmm. When was your first acting... When you, I seem to recall you were on stage very young. Yeah, you I was did your first three when I was in in my first panto, and I had a a joke in it. Right. Um, <clears throat> just a little stupid one liner, as they are often in panto. Mm. Um, I love panto. He's not putting them down. Right? Um, he's not there. But he's there. I mean, they're they're fun, like yeah. silly, silly but fun gags. Yeah. Um, and I had this one that, as I said it. On the first night, and and the audience laughed. I can remember thinking, at the, the ripe old age of three, I want to be an actor right. <laughs> because I liked the fact that they they were laughing at it. Um, and looking back, it was possibly because um, I I had a little speech impediment, <laughs> and they were laughing at me. Can't say <laughs> but at the time. I thought, hey, that was you know, I'm better than I was. <laughs> yeah. So that was more the acting because you've tried stand up as well. Mm-hmm. How many times you've? Uh, not it's to probably only just into double figures the okay. the stand up gigs, but I'm doing some more next year. So that's something you still want to pursue. That's something you still want to, not necessarily full time, but filling in those gaps between acting. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think everyone in every job probably needs to do different things with transferable skills. Right. So I've recently joined an improv group. And that will be really helpful, I think, for auditions mm-hmm. when they say, oh, can you just work out something if you, if you can get into that mindset quickly. Mm. And similarly, stand up, I think, is the most nerve wracking thing yeah. anyone can do. Um, you can't hide behind a script or a dance or a song that you've rehearsed. It's your thoughts and the audience like you or they don't like you. Yeah. And it's that it's that bear. So I think keeping my toe into that it it helps me manage my nerves yeah. when it comes to auditions and to sort of roles that I'll play and stuff. Have you had any or many awkward experiences on stage with stand up? Have you had have you have you had that horrible just silence or not yet? But I've seen it happen with the guy that was on just before me, right. and it, I mean it terrified me because it was yeah. the same audience I was gonna stand out in front of and my material was so different to his but still you think like doesn't mean you are really annoying the audience i'm about to try and make laugh yeah they're already in a bad mood and i've now got yeah. to turn all the way around um so but it was okay yeah i was gonna say you've just reminded me when uh i tried it a little bit poor poor um i couldn't remember any of my jokes gave ground it was an audience of like eight um <laughs> And I was there shouting to you off stage and you're like trying to like tell me what I'd written down. I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that one anymore. And all this sort of terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> but I, I partially blame you for that, actually. That wasn't, oh, that wasn't going to be brought up, but I, I am. <laughs> you brought it up. Well, I, yeah, I know. It's only just come to my mind. Um, yeah, as I remember, 
we used to do a few shows in school. Was it three or four a year? I don't remember how many we actually did. The concerts. The school concerts. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was the second year of college, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The first year, we didn't have any live shows. And I, I sort of started to miss it a bit. Mm-hmm. Because that was one of the, the things I sort of looked forward to in school. I didn't really enjoy the rest of the rest of it. It was sort of music, drama, and doing the concerts. And um, I think we brought... I, I, I don't know whether I brought it up or someone brought up the idea of doing one at the college. And I, I remember a few times you saying, ah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to... You know, basically, it's not going to pull together. Realistically, yeah, I should have listened to you. Well, no, but I think it's I also felt like, did it. do you know what? I'm just going to do this. I really want to. And I, I was actually trying to prove you wrong. I was like, no, I can make this happen. Yeah, I made it happen. Um, See, I was testing Second you. worst experience of my life. <laughs> Maybe third. No, it, it wasn't. I don't know. I do. I will like, there's one thing I do remember, other than the fact that we filmed it and none of the audio was recorded because there oh, were cameras we never, ever used. Uh, in fact, I only had one tape back. The other one was left in the other camera. So who knows where that's gone. Um... I, yeah, I remember one thing I do remember. It was a very stressful day that mm-hmm. uh, because I was trying to do too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a lazy person, but when I try to do that sort of thing, I do way too much. Yeah, but I remember you still being supportive, even though you sort of you sort of stood back and gave me my space. But you were also sort of keeping the other people from how I remember anyway, keeping the other people um in enough good enough mood that they would stay and actually do the show <laughs> but one of the one of the performers had pulled out on one of the songs part way through and i went is that it and i went down on the piano and started playing and singing purely just to get my frustration out and it's something i wouldn't have done no I so mean, effectively there's a film there you've I'm helped me sing in front of a live audience and since then i can only just now sing to my kids and my ex-wife anyway was she was she the ex when you started singing to her? Yes. All oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. that's slightly reassuring. Well, it's only because <laughs> we were in the car. I started enjoying singing in the car, and I went, oh, "Do you know what? I don't care that she's in it. I'm singing." And then now, what was the know, song? I don't remember that much, but uh, I, I've got a yeah. It's a lot of Elton John at the moment. Okay. So, uh, so you've done your stand up on the on the stand up route. There's a few cards on that one. Okay. I know that's not what you focus on necessarily. No, However, what were your your influences? Because I, 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 yeah, I was going to say I, I have a feeling I know one of them, but okay. Um, I would say the biggest two are Jasper Carrot, right? Um, who I don't think gets enough credit for his stand up, um, or his contributions to stand up, um, and Jack D. I absolutely okay. love Jack D. because he. I would say I'm quite a, an upbeat person if you don't know me too well and then you sort of see the more grumpy side of me the more you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm... <laughs> um but he sort of says the things that i think and feel i'm not able to say uh and i love that yeah. um i was i was watching a would i lie to you yesterday and he was on it and um rob bryden talked about or Jack D made made a reference to Rob Ryden going down to round to his house and and eating this food that the dog had had started to eat, and uh, Rob Ryden went, "Oh, I know that's not true. It's not been to your house." And Jack D goes, "No, you're never going to." 
and just the way he does it in a in a like socially taboo way i yeah. i'm fully on board with him <laughs> yeah and i find him hilarious um yeah i like lots of lots of different stand up um but i would say they're my biggest two influences who were you thinking of it's probably someone i really enjoy but yeah and i've forgotten his name what does he do stand up yeah oh, no right, okay. um he did the football song uh frank skinner frank skinner frank i do skinner like frank skinner a lot frank skinner was another one it was the, the first one that came to my mind for some reason i, I don't know why but um i like his he does a lot of callbacks to older things i like that he talks about george formby mm-hmm. have you seen that with his song that he does I think he's done that on Room 101 as well, I think. Or done something similar Possibly. on Room 101. But he comes on at the end with a, a ukulele and sings a Osama Bin Laden song. But it's sort of... It. So many people make obvious jokes and, and he's very good at not doing that, at going down a different route with it. So setting it up. So that yeah. you're going, ah, this is what he's going to say. And then yeah, flipping. and not necessarily being offensive. Uh, like no. he... he sings about bin laden and it would be so easy to go down a ridiculous route but one of the verses is music's banned in the taliban so he always misses the ice cream van like that's that that's hilarious yeah like because you you don't think <laughs> it, like it's a hot country mm-hmm. they probably do want to miss a whippy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's not an offensive joke it's just put in a scenario that you could if you decided yeah. to you could say something very offensive and, and yeah. upset people but it's not it's just a scenario setting that people have an image of yeah it may not be accurate but they have an image of this is how it would be that's sort of why i love jasper carrot he he was around at the same time as billy Connolly, and i love billy Connolly a that's lot as well that's um, one of mine on my list but the the two they were the first two to do observational comedy and billy Connolly went down a, a very sort of adult theme and sort of had a, a sexual and and uh more fruit fruity language and i do enjoy that but you could put absolutely anyone in front of jasper carrot mm-hmm. and you just he, he doesn't swear he, it's all pre-watershed and i think those two starting out observational comedy is why it's so big now mm-hmm. because they they really did path the way and probably soaked up a lot of the material that people could use because you know well, they, they, the they were ones. so good yeah Use so much on the. I'm not saying you're going to be against the American stand-ups, but I, I I don't know for some reason I'm a little bit surprised that there wasn't even one American name in there. Not one specifically, um, but anything, because there are some American stand-ups I feel back then, like George Carlin, were a lot more controversial yeah. and a lot more sort of cutting edge. And I think that's why I find like him exciting. Um, Eddie Murphy is another very famous for doing his stand-up. Um, yeah, I think I, I do but... like them and I like sort of Jim Jeffries to look at a different sort of angle of things okay. and um, a few of the like just stand-ups from around the world. There are a few South Africans and Australians and, and mm-hmm. you know, but I can find them funny, but not necessarily, um, I can't necessarily empathize with everything. Right. Okay. When there are people talking about the situations in South Africa and things. I can I can admire the humor of that and and the gun culture in America, but it's sort of so far away from that's fair, yeah. Living in Dorset, <laughs> yeah, that it's um, that yeah. I I can find it funny, but I don't necessarily like. I, I mentioned Jack D earlier because he says the things I'm thinking. Yeah, we've got there's a similarity there. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it, it's not that I'm against them. I'm just maybe no, less no. less influenced by them. What What's um, your views Richard on? Pryor, I love. Oh, there was another one on my list. I was going to say, I mean, I I call them influences, but I'm not a stand up. These are just people I really admire. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I had Ruin on Superman here. Superman three there. Yeah, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. He got paid though. Um, <laughs> Lee Evans. Yeah, I had to have him on there. Billy Connolly, and then lastly, I suddenly went when I was writing these up. I went Bill Burr. That's what I'm hugely fan of right now. Hugely. Because again, he says those things you're thinking. He says yeah. those things you shouldn't say. Yeah. But he's not doing it to be offensive. He's just bringing these things up and making you think. Mm. Um, but he's he's quite good as he's he's the punchline. Oh, yeah. Um, that That's a really good way to do things. Ricky Gervais does this quite well as well, where yeah. he'll say something that is offensive. And, and David Brent as a character... The stuff he's coming out with is offensive, but the joke is there are people who think this. Yeah, yeah. And, and that works. Yeah, he's he's said um, before that provided the the joke is said correctly, he's he's had this, the problem because his jokes are constructed. And it doesn't come across this way because he's good at what he does. You know, he's <laughs> a professional. He, he constructs, constructs his jokes in such a way that if you say it slightly wrong, it could automatically become an offensive joke. Mm -hmm. So he could make a joke about a situation, but it's not really about that situation. Um, I don't want to bring up necessarily anything in particular, but there, there, there are there are certain jokes, and you can find these on YouTube um, that he he's discussed, and afterwards people have gone, "Oh, that's offensive. That's you know, you talk about this," and it's like, "No, no, 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 no. It's a person in that situation." I'm laughing at the person in the situation. Again, yeah. it's like the the um, the ice cream van Taliban. You put someone in a situation or um, an environment or whatever it might be so that they go, okay, this sort of you know issue. But then you laugh at one of the people in the situation or the person telling the story in the situation, like you say with Bill Burr, putting yourself in it. He yeah. did um, a segment, one, probably one of his more famous, I think, No Reason to Hit a Woman. Don't know if you've seen it. You should if you haven't. And so should you. Anyway. Hey, are you sponsored by him? No. <laughs> uh, no, I've just been watching a lot of his stuff recently. Today, 10th September 2019, Netflix has released this latest special filmed at uh, the Royal Albert Hall. But uh, Talking of net Netflix specials, mm -hmm. I quite like James A. Casters. Ah. Oh. I, like, as a, a stand-up, I'm, I'm not like, wow, he's incredible, but I really enjoy watching him. I I really like him for his stand up. I and yeah, I feel bad actually for for overlooking him because I was looking at more sort of the people who've been in it for a, a yeah, long, yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, veterans. And for someone and he's relatively new on the scene, he's not like brand new on the scene, I know. I think he's really funny because it because of his his awkwardness or his yeah. sort of uh, just staring looking around thing, you know, yeah. and all that. But that that sort of adds to the character and perhaps lets him get away with more because they sort of think that he's uh, a little bit weird or... Yeah, I'm wondering I, I how know. much of that is a character. I don't know. Mark Watson bit me with that because he okay. suddenly started to be him. I don't know if you've seen much of his stand-up. No. But he, he used to be quite frantic and all over the place and everything he did. And mm. now in interviews, he's a bit more like, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like he's gone... Now I've made it. It's like Rob Gilbert with his shouting and his early stand-ups is very shouty and now he's less so. 
because he does quiz shows and stuff like that. Yeah. You see that side of him. He's still shouty in his stand-ups, but he's like, oh, that isn't just you then. That is a... There really are so many that I really do like. He's another one I absolutely yeah. love. Yeah, you, we were saying about Netflix. I, I just wanted to see your opinion on the Netflix deals for specials. Because comedy seemed for a while, it was only HBO specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Comedy Central doing something for some people. But now Netflix, it's now the Netflix special. We've seen it a lot more on there now. Um, and some of the prices that people are being paid is just incredible. Um, I had to, I had to write some of these down. Because <clears throat> we had like, uh, what's Dave Chappelle for three specials got 60 million. And bearing in mind, if you're selling DVDs and digital streaming, you know, downloads or whatever it might be, he's still going to be making a lot of money from that provided he has the right setup. So it's yeah. not necessarily, although it's a lot of money, it's not necessarily um, unreasonable. Um, Chris Rock, 40 million for two. So it's basically the same pricing. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld had 100 million for two specials and his series Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is an incredible series. I was watching that, I don't know if you did, before it went on Netflix. Uh, no, I didn't. It but... was on Crackle, okay. something else. That, and he had... A lot of good stars on there. Well, being who he is, he can get the people on there. They're more than happy to spend time with him. But um, Ricky Gervais, 40 million per special. The last two, allegedly. And there's the new one, Eddie Murphy. And this is why I brought him up before. Because Mm -hmm. I was in college when I first found him, if you like, with his Raw special. And I was told by a specific lecturer, try and find Delirious. I don't know, have you ever seen either of them? So... Obviously, Delirious is a lot more, whoa, Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't released. I think it was on like VHS back in the day, but it was very difficult to find at the time. It's since come out on DVD and Blu-ray and everything. And I think that's also on Netflix. But um, because those, especially to American stand-ups, those are sort of on a pedestal of of how clever they are and and not not always clever. Obviously, some of it's nowadays you couldn't say it would be considered very offensive and I it's a very different time, but he's been offered again, allegedly, because there's no facts when when it comes to newspaper anymore, unfortunately. Uh, Seventy million. Now nobody knows whether that's for one special, two, or three, or whatever. But um, I like to think it's for one. Mm-hmm. Would you personally say that's extreme? Um, did he do one called Extreme as well? Or Not someone did someone did a special called Extreme, and I wondered if, I, if that was playing on it. Amy Schumer or? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Actually, he's on it. <laughs> um, 13 well, those One or three. Those, not necessarily Schumer. Like, she's she's good. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. enjoy watching her. But those ones you mentioned are all kind of legendary. Seinfeld, like, that's yeah. what a name. And, and Murphy, he's, he's had such an incredible career in Chavez mm. and Chappelle and, like, all, all of those ones. It's sort of how much would you pay to have another Beatles track? Like, it, it's that sort of thing. Or album, I suppose, especially is more like an album. Do you want me to give an honest answer? <laughs> I know you're not I've... a Beatles fan, but oh, I mean, no, I'm, I'm a Beatles, it's worth that I'm a, much to I'm, the world, isn't it? I'm a Beatles fan. Yeah. I... I, I don't know that I'd want to pay because I'd be worried I'd be disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. Because going back to Queen, this is a quick little Cause, throwback. Cause several of them they are, released, are not here anymore. They released... Well, no, they did um, Free as a Bird without 
John Lennon being here. Yeah, and they've just done another Cranberry song, that haven't was, they, without um, the lead singer from, oh, from um, like warm-up and various studio recordings. Right. Oh, okay. They released another song. Yeah, because nice. this one was just a demo, Free as a Bird, which um, Jeff Lynne got involved of ELO. Mm-hmm. Um producing it and they they sort of um ghosted the vocals with with uh paul mccartney to sort of tie it out a bit but you you could hear john lennon on there and a bit of the original piano which again they sort of went over to sort of tidy up and everything it was still relatively rough in the end but it was a, a lot a lot more finished than it was yeah. before they couldn't just release it how it was and that that's a very impressive thing and i might pay for one or two more songs like that i don't know that i'd want an album no i, but I was I mean, disappointed it's... with the the queen release when they did one of them, and I've forgotten the name of the song, there was one song that they released, and it was, oh, this is new, unheard, and I think it was actually unheard, as opposed to something that's been bootlegged. Yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, there's a reason why that didn't go on an album. Yeah. It's an okay song, but it's not one of your hits sort of thing. So I, I, I think I'd be worried for anyone. Yeah, I, mean, I, think yeah, I know all... it's just an analogy, and I've just gone to take no, it no, too no, far. No, 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 that's fine. I think that's... David Bowie did that right. Knowing that he what? wasn't well and he was going to release gonna die. an album, just yeah, yeah, and like okay, well, I'll put everything that Black I've Star, got ready it? to come out. And some of those tracks are incredible. Mm. And uh, you've and seen the music videos as well. Some yeah, like and, and you can see sort of what he's what he's going through. Mm. Uh, I mean, we we mentioned Queen and Show Must Go On mm. and stuff like that, and you hear the stories of him recording it and uh, necking a load of vodka just to numb the pain and then go for another record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, that's that's my point anyway in terms of the the specials yeah. <laughs> i think it's fine if you are talking about those those that sort of level of of comic and you know the price of them filter down james acaster won't have been paid that much no um no, no. but he well, amy got schumer got 13 million for one oh ah that's more than i earn in a year i know but you know. <laughs> but i i I should imagine she's happy. I think... Yeah, and she is good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, she, I, she hasn't done enough to be considered a great as yet. Well, no, it, she hasn't been around long enough as well. You know, she's no. still, I would say, relatively new. Again, she's probably been around a good 10, 15 years, like in the light. But um, staying on Netflix purely because I've got a card on it. Stranger Things. Never, uh-huh. never. I tried oh, the mate, first you've episode. Got to give Stranger Things again. I tried the first episode, couldn't get in, and that was it for me. I was done. And so many people have said, push through to like three or four and it will hook you. And I was like, no, that's too much effort for me. The thing is, though, you're you're a fan of 80s films and stuff, aren't you? I am, but it... it I don't the references like, are brilliant. I don't like scary things. And it was it was a little scary. No, they're not scary, they're stranger. The, the, the first episode I, I couldn't get into, uh, it was a little too dark. And I, and I don't know, I watched it with Sarah and we would, I, neither of us were hooked. And she she gives that sort of thing more of a chance. I thought, well, she she's not interested. I'm probably not like going to enjoy it. it. It's a very very bad way of looking at it. But well, no, it's I mean, it's it's about doing what's right for you, isn't it? <laughs> I'll probably try it again another day. It, now it's become so popular. I I I've spoken to you about this yeah. before, but I I just can't. Uh, I didn't watch Breaking Bad for years. It was a good few years, and apparently they have that with a lot of their fans. A lot of people didn't actually start until after it had finished. Yeah. And then they end up watching it. Oh, actually, this is pretty well, good. Some things you go, like, I've been told to watch Dexter. I haven't watched Dexter because I've been told, okay. oh, first season's all right. And then season four's really good. And then, uh, like, the ending's really disappointed. Like, well, That's the only no. thing I was going to say. <laughs> no, I'm not going to invest that much time for something that ends disappointingly. 
yeah, that was a, that was a bit of a letdown. Um, because it does get very good. Well, Lithgow's but, in it, so Lithgow, Lithgow. Do you know what? Even if you only watch the episodes with him in, well, that's that's why everyone's like season four. Do it. Yeah, well, yeah. Even if you just decide to just jump in at season four, you'll you'll get the idea of of him. Yeah, I know the um, story. Yeah, he, that incredible performance actually. I was surprised, and I I hadn't realized I'd seen him in other things before. He that was the first thing I remembered seeing him in. Oh really? I saw him in. Uh, I forget the name of it. It was a Christmas film. Santa Claus the movie. Is that the one? Mm-hmm. With, uh-huh. with the uh, Dudley Moore. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And film. that was the first thing I actually saw him in, but I didn't realize because mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, I was too young. Um, Can I just say, yeah. if anyone, if anyone is watching this and does enjoy that film, watch the scene because I I've been watching that since I was a child, and two right. years ago I was watching it with my mate. Because we're cool, and we yeah. like every year we will watch um, Home Alone one and two, right? Except when Trump's in charge, we'll just watch one, um, and then I'll protest. Mm. And um, and Santa Claus the movie, and in Santa Claus the movie, there is a bit mm-hmm. where um, the the main girl is being picked on by two other girls, right? And they have a, an over over shoulder shot. Of one of the girls, and the the one talking, it's over her shoulder. Right. So you can see the girl who's the victim, and then the other girl who's picking on this this the the main girl. Right. And uh, and the, the the other girl that's picking on her is mouthing the line of the one talking. Right. So you've got this. You've got the girl going. You don't have any parents. So near. And you can see this girl go. <laughs> it's amazing i mean how it didn't get cut is phenomenal but i love that film i'm gonna have to rewatch it yeah do uh, maybe indisplice it if there are I may not copyright even... issues well yeah i don't even want to go down that route but um see yeah, my, my christmas films are, are always now love actually i like love actually i have yeah. to watch that every christmas now and there was another oh four christmases that's another one i have to watch Cool. At least those two. I, for some reason, it feels a third, but those are my those are my Christmas movies. Is it the holiday? No. Oh, good. It, it, like, that, like this will be over. <laughs> it. it um, no, it, it used to be uh, Arthur Christmas. Okay, fair enough. But my kids, they'll watch that now. They love the film that much that it's like any time of year. Don't care. Fair I enough. I'm it. the same with Home Alone. It's snowy. So what? It's still hilarious. Yeah, but I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, on the Netflix thing, yes. Um, have you heard? It was last year. Steven Spielberg said about something about Netflix. He said that they shouldn't be allowed to win Oscars because primarily, primarily, they're considered TV movies because it's on your TV at home that you're getting it on your other smart device. Um, but to qualify for an Oscar, you have to have a seven-day run in an LA theater. Obviously, there's other stipulations, but that's one of the main things that they are holding to. Because of that, technically, they're allowed to, and they have won Oscars because of that. Mm-hmm. Roma, I believe the name of the film was, which I haven't seen. Sorry. Um, he's trying to get this up now to like a month or something to basically make it more difficult for them. How do you feel about that? Now that now things are changing because a lot more films are on like Amazon and and Netflix. Yeah. Do you think that that's considered fair or um, if you'd like to weigh in at all? 
Yeah, I mean, speaking from the actor point of view, if people pay me, <laughs> I, I like that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, and then you know they are good. It's not like they're they're poor quality. They they are high budget. They because you it, back in the day a TV movie was you watch it and you go this is a TV movie. Yeah, I can tell the quality and and not necessarily the the acting because some of it was okay. Yeah, um, the story maybe. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite. It was just like, yeah, it was like a, a long episode or something. It felt like, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I would say it, it, maybe you do a different category, but okay. I, I think, um, I think maybe what he was trying to do is protect the film industry, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and, and there is currently still a place for that industry. And I can't see that going away. It no. obviously might because, you know, these things happen. But Well, Avengers has definitely helped with it and the other comic book movies yeah. has definitely helped with cinema goers. Mm. And um, Disney just owning everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll buy Star Wars as well. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, on owning everything, Netflix is uh, as allegedly looking into buying a theatre mm-hmm. in LA. I say buying, collaborating with with uh an existing theater um intentionally or not i don't know inside this theater the egyptian theater i believe it was yes there's uh the spielberg theater inside so i don't know if they they wanted to do it on purpose just to sort of uh two fingers to you spielberg yeah but uh that way they would have control of their movies going in there for a month or however long it needs to be to stipulate them be able to get an oscar yeah it's all about the award yeah, I, I I don't think there's something... anything wrong with them winning something, but but maybe no. it should be a new category. Like yeah. the the world is changing, so you, you, things can change with it. Yeah. Well, when I first heard the Spielberg versus Netflix, and at first it was um, it was just like a sentence, and I thought he's against Netflix. I, instantly, I wrote my own article, and that's why mm-hmm. these these little taglines are brilliant because it clickbait. gets you annoyed or whatever it might be. Yeah. Clickbait as well. Yeah, absolutely, and. Then when I read it, I, I wonder when I saw the interview because it's an interview with him on a British, I can't remember what channel it was, but um, it's all, all on YouTube. Um, yeah, he is basically trying to defend uh, theatres and try and keep them alive, which is not a negative thing at all. But um, like we said, with, with Avengers and Disney doing what they're doing now, things are changing anyway. Yeah, which is kind of in- incredible that you know there are some big big chains and big corporations that people are really against. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got Netflix that own so much stuff that you don't realize that they own. And you've got Disney that own loads. Disney just bought Fox. Yeah. um, Which means there's this big, does that make Alien Queen the, (laughs) a a Disney princess officially? Oh, yeah. Um, And yeah, yeah, and Princess Leia and all of these these people. Um, But recently with the Tom Holland Mm Spider-Man situation, Everyone, oh, so many people, not everyone, but so many people online are complaining about what Sony are doing. It's like, well, well Sony actually own Spider-Man at the moment. Yeah. Um, it, like, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but don't just assume that Disney are the good guys. No, exactly. Um, and yeah. I think that's a dangerous thing <laughs> at the moment. I, I I like Disney. I like I like classic Disney. I like Star Wars. I like the Avengers universe. Mm. Um, but I I think that you know they they are such a big fish that if if they lose out on this deal just to make it good for the viewer, 
Hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I, I think, I think, you know, if they go, well, no, we don't, we don't need Spider-Man. Well, what do the audience want? Yeah. It's a lot of business at the end of the day, though, isn't it? Yeah. And that's effectively, you get to that extreme level. I say extreme, you know, as soon as you get up to that level within the company, it is all about numbers, figures. That's all you want to see on the, on the page. Yeah. A lot of the time, obviously, you've got enough people in there that have the fans. But, um, yeah, that's my opinion. But um, sticking on film very quickly, hovering over to music. Mm-hmm. So, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I can still only play that. Well, the movie. Oh, that. Yeah. Did you see it? No, I'm too scared. You haven't seen it. No, I am too scared to watch it. May I ask why? Because I don't want um, to be disappointed. Yeah, I don't want to be disappointed don't by watch the it. film. <laughs> I, was um, I don't want to. Um, I think Freddie was a really interesting person. And I quite like that he had a foul temper and that he was difficult to work with at times. And that he had the negative side of him. And I there's there's a romance to the the stories where he fell out with the other members of Queen and um sort of put himself first for a bit, but then ended up going back with them because the, the music was was so good and, and that they enjoyed doing that and, and that kind of the music that they created won mm-hmm. in that story. And to fluff over it and and i think it's natural to do I, i'm not sort of blaming anyone for this but if i if i were in brian may or roger taylor's shoes i would probably go no he's a brilliant person mm-hmm. but they definitely had times when they didn't think that yeah yeah and from what i from what i understand having not seen the film you don't see that so much um what specifically what them 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 falling out you do okay and it it gets like bad, and they they do show a lot of yeah, as I say, just things getting bad. I don't I don't want to say too much for people that may not have seen it. Uh, I personally wasn't a fan. I wanted to watch it because I was curious. Nothing against Rami Malek as an actor. No, the the bits I've I seen is very good. Back in college, again, the days when I was bigger on Queen. I this is when I started to delve out into different bands, but thankfully. Um, it was going to be Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. And of course, that was around the times of like Borat and Bruno and everything as a movie. And I was intrigued by the idea because you could see, even though he does a lot of what could be considered stupid or silly stuff, he is a very good actor. Mm-hmm. And he was going to uh, music lessons and trying to get his voice to where it was, you know, where, where it, you know, it could possibly do Freddie Mercury justice. Um, and I was intrigued by by what he he would have brought to it. Yeah. But you know he had a falling out with the with the band, whatever it may be. Would I don't know if we'll ever really know. But um, I, yeah. So I I was I was already disappointed because I wanted to see that movie. So unfor- I went in disappointed, and my my I didn't go into it with an open mind. That's maybe why I didn't enjoy it so much. I went in and afterwards I thought I just wasted my money, but that's. Because it wasn't the movie that I wanted. And I'm not yeah. going to be the only one that's disappointed. There's going to be loads of people. I mean, it won awards, Oscars, I believe. Um, it won awards and people loved it. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, 
I preferred Rocket Man. You're going to say you've not seen that either. No, I haven't. Uh, and that's not necessarily a fear of it. I, I find, um, I find it an interesting choice to make Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, because you do a Freddy film mm-hmm. because that story is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I see. Whereas, it's kind of like uh, the the theaters I used to work at, um, tribute nights. Yeah. I get. I get a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, ABBA, they're not performing anymore. Uh, obviously, they got together last year to do a, a set of Yeah, there's things, this whole but... hologram thing that they're trying to do as yeah, well. Yeah, um, and like going to see Chess or Mamma Mia isn't the same. Um, or like the Beatles tribute I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. or, you know, Buddy, Buddy Holly stuff, or mm-hmm. there are several different Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons ones. Right. I get those. Yeah. I don't get going to see a Robbie Williams tribute. I, I just don't understand it. It's nothing against the tributes. It's nothing against people that go to them. I just wouldn't. That's that's because it. Because he's still around and he yeah, does perform. Yeah, so instead of going to see three tribute nights, go and see one that is him. Mm. Like that's that's my preference. Because once he's gone, there will always be the tributes. Yeah, well, and I, I sort of think, you know, Alton John's still about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still more story to be written with him. But you, you could do a, a Bowie one just as easily. And there so, is a Bowie one coming. I don't know if you knew that. I, I didn't, but no. there we go. Starman. Oh, that's probably been cast now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Shame. Yeah. Um, not that I've I never think I of. could be David Bowie. <laughs> it's an actor I've never heard of. But I will say this before it even comes out. They've all three films of Mr. Trick, and I haven't seen that one, so I, 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 they have Mr. Trick. What's one thing that works in the Avengers world? They needed to bump into each actor in each film i don't know why oh, but in good. my like head crossovers. they should have had a, a, even if it was just a little bump in oh sorry that that would have just been like oh, that would been exciting that would or have been like a, a video clip in the background of, of possibly uh, something on the news the in, in, in a moment or whatever well yeah i mean they had the live aid concert in obviously because it's very well known yeah. in bohemian rhapsody so if that was they in the background of rocket man they didn't even touch on it in rocket man and he did perform at live aid as well so there was even, like, they could have met each other backstage there. I mean, there would have been plenty of other times they could have done. But that's that's my personal view on them. They've missed a trick yeah. there. It's not, it doesn't make them a bad film because they haven't done it. Are they the same production company? I don't know. I See, that's, that's the thing. When that it comes to, to it, it and, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody was successful. And it from the fact we were at college when it started. So mm-hmm. when were we at college? 2004 to 2006. If you say you so. You know, it took 13 years to, to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always going to be a big film because we were we were talking about it back then. So the hype around it is, has been insane. Mm. And then there's another one about a different performer straight afterwards, and you're like, well, is this just because bouncing off the success of something else? Yeah. Well, I, honestly, when the trailer came out, I'm a huge fan of Taron Egerton. A huge fan. He's very, very good casting. Talented. Like interesting casting because he's such a a good looking guy, and yeah, you know, Alton John is is more about his ability than his his appearance yeah yeah um i was a little bit disappointed is the wrong word but when i saw the trailer come out for rocket man just as behem rhapsody was coming out and it was like you say it was basically riding on it and yeah from a publicity point of view that was that was genius because people are already excited about a music film hey here's another music film you know while you're still excited there's another one coming which is very good mm-hmm. but i also felt bad not bad but i felt they took away from Bohemian Rhapsody a little bit. It was like, just a second, let them have their moment. That, that's how I felt in the moment. Then I saw the film and went, yeah, fair enough. 
um <laughs> now i've heard really good things and i'm sure it is yeah. a good film i'm just not that's that's I'm one just thing not in a position to go and see it at the that moment. soundtrack is one thing that i have in the car it's one of the fewest albums i've actually bought in recent years um as a hard copy because it's all been like itunes or whatever i i uh yeah i was like no so I, I, I sing my heart out to that one those, and i will be later <laughs> those characters um it's got a beautiful voices well, in actually. in terms of freddie Alton john david bowie mm -hmm. um there are a few out there that from an acting point of view it must be so difficult not to be mocking them yeah like that that live aid concert i've watched it a few i've watched bits of bohemian rhapsody but i've watched that bit a few times mm -hmm. And if you watch Freddie at, at 86 at Wembley and, and watch the Live Aid concert and stuff, if you try and imitate that, you look like you're mocking him. Mm -hmm. So that's such a fine line and sort of credit to each of the actors. The first for, the for first footage, that. it was released when it was like a rehearsal of them on the stage. It was, mm -hmm. you know, filmed in a field and whatever. He ran on and the way he kicks his legs back, which Freddie Mercury did in, in the Live Aid recording, it did, it look like he was making not making fun but he was he was almost overacting it that it looked comical yeah and that was my first like oh no, this is not gonna work and again that that didn't help because when i have seen it a second time at home and i enjoyed it more mm -hmm. because i was like right i didn't enjoy this let's put it on and see and and look at it differently yeah. i was looking at it judgingly first and then, then i was looking at it as just like right what can we sort of salvage from this yeah but yeah it was a good performance but not what I wanted. Fair but, enough. Have you seen Yesterday? I have not. I really wanted to see that in the cinema. The concept I thought was incredible. I was like, how has nobody thought of this before? Yeah. This, yeah, I really, really want to. And then it's annoying because they've sort of on Blu-ray. They've set up that they can just remake the film in a few years with a different band. I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it, so I don't know too much. I know someone that did say it, and they said they were disappointed, but I don't really, I don't really value their opinion. Um, it's sort of a, it's a Rich Curtis film. Yeah, if you like Richard Curtis films, you'll like Yesterday. That's the thing I already do. Yeah, and, and so hell. do I. And it's it's so inoffensive. <laughs> I can't I can't go to a cinema on my own. Okay, fair enough. I, I I just cannot do it. I got six free tickets in the car, and I haven't used them. I've had them for a few months now, and I was like, that's six show, I did six you know films. I can't do it. So it's only going to be three. But um, I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Rodriguez. Sorry, I struggle with your last name, Rodriguez. Um, he's he's often said to people, and and Ed Sheeran says the same about music. A lot of musicians and and filmmakers uh, say very similar. You have a lot of basically the bad projects, mm -hmm. and it's not just learning from because you are learning from them, but even just ideas aren't great. But you need to see them all through and keep doing them, doing and doing. So that film, The Defiant Behavior, and some of the other college projects that we'd done yeah we're learning from them but also it's not going to be great straight away no and if you do have one or two great things straight away it's going to get bad all of a sudden which is why i've been a little bit wary of um the last couple of tarantino films because i personally was a big fan i was thinking no way that every single one's going to be i don't know I, I still haven't seen hateful eight i haven't seen his latest one yet either but a, a lot of the they're probably terrible ideas again because he would have done more projects before Reservoir Dogs. He would have done um, a few smaller things yeah. before doing his, his big production. But yeah, they all needed to happen. Morning Noon was another one. 
he did. But I, I that one for me, I think, was a, a different one. For obviously, people won't know. I hope Jackie doesn't mind. Um, it was her mourning, I believe, her grandfather, and she decided to do it with a film. And I was supportive, and you were supportive. It was like it didn't matter to us whether we made it or not. Yeah, it mattered to her, and I and I like how film and music can be more of a therapy as well an art can be more of a therapy yeah you know she would she it was it was only a few minutes and it was pretty much just a thought provoking type idea um filmed in an afternoon i think um but it helped her as far as i know to um to to get through it again it goes into the therapy of of uh of art and music and 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 film is that something you you ever have yeah um i think any any actor i'm sure it's the same for other professions um and particularly creative ones any actor will talk about post-show blues Mm -hmm. um there are certain things that you have throughout the creative process so coming up to the show you have the dream and the dream is where you are pushed on stage or you're on stage and you cannot remember your lines right um or you know something along those lines and it happens with every single play that i've been in mm-hmm. um and then after the show the the next couple couple of days or it depends how long it's been so the last thing i did was a tour which went on for about six months so afterwards it was it was a couple of weeks i was just down the whole time and so i get heavily invested into a box set um so most most recently was peep show mm-hmm. um and is it doesn't even have to be something i enjoy so much like i've been, i've watched some stuff and and haven't liked it but well i'm i'm going to watch it all stick dexter on <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that'll be at some point just dreading the last series um that's just the final episode oh okay okay well that's that's something um and then yeah and then it's get involved in another project so i've just started writing something i've been badgering on for the so this is 10th of September, as you said, and I've been asking for the Panto script so I can start learning it because mm-hmm. that's I need to to have something else to do, to focus on. Um, and it's really difficult and, and sometimes it's it's tough to leave the house, <laughs> which sounds dramatic, but you, yeah. you just want some more, something else to, to focus your mind. Unfortunately, with the fact that I'm Aladdin in Panto, uh, there is, uh, I've decided to be as in shape as possible. Mm-hmm. So I've said, don't tell me what my costume is. Mm-hmm. Because if you tell me, oh, you're just wearing a waistcoat and some baggy trousers, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But I need to imagine that there's the threat of that so that I'll yeah. keep on going. And I've now seen the costume. And it is, yeah. It's exactly I mean, what you thought it was? No, it like, I, I could be, I could be 18 stone and you still could... fit in this costume. Right. But, and it would still be flattering enough that they go, yeah, he's Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, See, I, I, I assume the same thing. Yeah, it's it's a UV suit so that when I'm on the carpet, they can UV light it and stuff. So it will look good. Yeah, yeah. oh, um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a top quality costume. But mm-hmm. I've, I've needed that threat to get me to the gym and to get me, uh, you know, if I've got nothing else to do that day, I've got to focus on Aladdin Yeah. all through the year. So that I'm in the right shape physically when it reaches it, and that's helped me a lot. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll be badgering them this year to employ me for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what character I'll be. 
Yeah, you were in their production last year with Cinderella as well. Yep. Was that the first time you worked with them last year? Um, I know some of them the you're friends with anyway. And... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is this is quite good advice to to people who are starting out in in most ind- industries, but particularly acting. I got offered a profit share mm-hmm. play of uh, Christmas Carol. Right. Musical play, but it wasn't a musical. Yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's an odd one. Okay. Anyway, it was a musical play of A Christmas Carol, and it had Guy Siner mm-hmm. off a lower low. A lower low, yeah. 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 Um, and it was directed by um, a guy called David, who used to work for the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, did you ever watch the 25th anniversary of Doctor Who? Not the 25th, the 30th anniversary of Doctor Who in the 90s, with the crossover into um, EastEnders. No, I it, was hoping you were going to say the one with all the different doctors coming back. Well, I saw that one in the cinema. This this one did have the different doctors coming back. So it's got mm, um, it's got Pertwee, Baker, Baker, Davidson, McCoy. Like anyone who's watching this, there is a Doctor Who fan will get really annoyed that I put the Bakers next to each other and then Davidson afterwards. But I've done it. So <laughs> anyway, David wrote and directed that. Right. Um. So he's like. You know, he's done some big things at the BBC and mm-hmm. um, produced and written and directed, worked on Doctor Who, um, the specials with David Tennant. Right. Uh, so What Was a Mars? And you're like, big deal. And mm-hmm. um, the the second year I worked with them, I actually got, he, I was his secret Santa and he gave me the original working script that's signed by um, JNT. And uh, you can see like uh, the Doctor brackets, P. Davison. Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, this is huge. Yeah. Uh, so that that was my gift. Anyway, um, it was it was a profit share thing and it was miles away from home. It was over Christmas. Uh with profit share, you can almost guarantee that in the first year it's not going to make any money. So it's just investment. Um and I thought, do you know what? It, it is working with with some cool people, so why not? Mm-hmm. So I did it, and there was a lady in the uh, ensemble who couldn't do the next year because of sort of family family reasons um sort of personal things mm-hmm. um but the year after i got f- well a facebook message in march <laughs> to go we've just been given the okay to do a panto um that we'll write would you like to be in it it's this much money um we'll put you up mm-hmm. and uh we'd love to have you on board and it's, I mean, it's a no-brainer <laughs> because yeah. profit shares are great and I had so much fun working on Christmas Carol and Pinocchio. Yeah. They were brilliant. And working with those people and, you know, sat sat opposite someone that you used to watch on TV and, and just in, in the middle of a scene, like a professional, going, oh, my word, that's mm. my little tank. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's amazing just to be, you know, on how, the same how stage. Much, how much does that initially with you affect you? Because I've I've had experiences where I've I've I met someone that I was watching their YouTube channel a mm-hmm. lot, and I met her, and it was so awkward. I didn't know what to say. Like I don't know because because it was a very one way thing. Yeah. And again with YouTube, it's a little bit different. Like I, I think dodgy, but I was in bed watching it on the laptop, and so it was like late at night so it was a, it felt almost more personal it wasn't a personal thing but it, yeah. it, it felt very very connected so when i met her i was very awkward she obviously didn't have a clue who i was but she was you know she was polite and lovely yeah since then i've not been able to watch another video 
and I worry that if I was to have another experience with someone of some celebrity status or someone I, I recognize, yeah, I wouldn't be able to watch their their stuff or whatever. Yeah, you don't I think have... it depends on who it is. Right. Um, like a, a YouTube star, they are talking to you. That's and, and that's difficult yeah. and like radio presenters and stuff terry wogan used to say that he was talking to one person in his head mm-hmm. but it was being broadcast a hundred so everyone he met mm-hmm. felt like that was the they one. knew him yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. and he didn't know them so that that must be difficult uh with guy he you know fortunately terms. well we're facebook friends so <laughs> um yeah, and and I do have his number, and we do message every so often, which okay. is which is like gen, genuinely a, a really nice guy. Yeah, cool guy. Um, he's been a name that that people know and and a face that people recognise for thirty years now. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of used to that a little bit. So when you come up and go, oh, by the way, I I loved Hello Hello, or um, or Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. He was um in in possibly the most famous dalek storyline and you know opposite tom baker and that's that's huge mm. um so you you haven't had any of those awkward experiences as 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 of yet i sort of have once oh uh when i worked but it was me working at a theater and i it was my job in the theater to go to the the performers and mm-hmm. go is everything all right can i help at all and i knocked on the dressing room door and there wasn't an answer so I left it a second and I knocked again because I knew he should have been in there. And I obviously woke him up from a nap and a very sort of sleepy Alan Davis <laughs> opened the door. Oh, no. Um, and was he, went, he annoyed? Or? Well, he went, what? And I said, oh, I, I just wanted to check everything was okay and, and see if you needed anything. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. And so immediately he backed down. But the, there was just this horrible, as he opened the door, I could see that it just woke up. Yeah. So that wasn't yeah. nice. Well, anybody in that situation would be like, seriously, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get a Yeah, I've just a, got a big here. show. Yeah. But very quickly, he probably went, he's not done anything wrong. He's just been yeah, polite. He's, he's doing his job. Actually asked if I want a tea or coffee. So yeah. Yeah. I've always got the, the idea of Alan Davis being one of the loveliest guys you could meet yeah he he after that it was it was fantastic yeah and 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 i'm sorry that i woke him up yeah well he won't be watching but not a problem (laughs) um yeah i was gonna say i I, i've i've watched his yeah he's done a few stand-ups he's also done it obviously he's a stand-up comedian but also him playing uh in jonathan creek and things Mm -hmm. like that i just i didn't realize again stand-ups are quite good actors actually a lot of the time I don't know if that's because they have to create a character on stage or what it might be, but a lot of the time, not always, a lot of the time they're because yeah, well, maybe it's Lee the transferable line. thing, as as I said, that you've you've done the hardest thing on mm-hmm. stage, so something else should I be guess. a doddle. Yeah, well, then those nerves are gone. You just got to focus on the performance. Now. Yeah, but I did used to get told off a lot at drama school um, because it, it, I did music theatre, so we covered musicals within that. Mm-hmm. And the art of stand-up is not having anything on your face so that when you say the punchline, it's not expected. Whereas in musicals, you've got to display everything you feel and more. Yeah. So, yeah, the amount of times I was told, like, can you tell the audience what you're thinking, please? Yeah. Um, And, uh, I mean, it was to teach me how to do that. But they are very different disciplines. Yeah. Um, So that that was, I don't know, something slightly related. (laughs) Yeah, no, I... Yeah, touching on that, again, I'm taking more of your time. Um, Theatre and film, I, I have noticed they are very different. And sometimes on a, a TV or a film thing I watch, I go, they're a theatre actor, 100% through and through. Mm-hmm. And 
which is a shame because I mean they're not they're not necessarily bad. It's just it takes you out at the moment. Yeah. There's a web series which I won't name. I've recently bought. I bought it to support them, and I wanted to watch it. I didn't realize I could just watch it all online for free, and I went oh, from their website as well. It's like why did I just spend that money? <laughs> so hopefully it's good. But I bought it because one of the actors in there I knew. Now doubt he's going to watch this, but he will know who he is. He is a very good actor, and I did think at the time, I worked with him on a couple of projects, whether he remembers me or not, I don't know. But in this, he was a little overacty, and I was like, oh, that's, that's very theatre, that's very... And it's it's a horrible discipline, I should imagine, to have to try and go through. It's not that he was bad, it just it was just too much for mm-hmm. the camera. That's That's all I think it really was. And maybe you can blame the director for that one genuinely because they they're meant to be the ones that reining them in yeah they're just trying to give a performance that the director wants as far as i know and uh if the director hasn't done his or her job their job then uh, the performance isn't going to come out so well i guess yeah i think the more the more film or the more film or theater you do you get more comfortable in that environment mm. and it took me I mean, I don't think I ever did this when when we were working together, but it took me till about two and a half years ago to be working on a student film and be brave enough to say to the cameraman, what's the framing like? Mm. And they flipped it around. It's like, right, okay, so that's what I've got to work with. Mm. And straight, oh yeah, of course, showed me. And then a few months later, I'm working with, with Guy Siner and said about that. And he was like, oh, always ask. Mm. always ask what you're working with because that's how close the the person is to you yeah and it's so obvious but it's not something that you're taught no it's one of those things that just happens and then all of a sudden like you say it's an obvious thing why didn't i think of that and they they want to have as as good a what they're filming it they want as good a shot and performances as you do yeah you're all working together but when you when you've plucked up the courage to say what's the framing like you have been stood in front of a camera 50 times thinking yeah i could ask this i'm not going to yeah and then finally you're brave enough to do it and it's like oh why didn't i just do that before it would have made everything so much easier yeah you're saying about the frame it reminded me of a story of bruce willis mm-hmm. who obviously been doing it for years and years and years uh when he was making the fifth element i don't know if you've seen the fifth element mm-hmm. so there's a bit where there's like a, a taxi chase uh and lilu I believe her name, isn't it? Mila Jovovich or Djokovic? I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's one point. Um, I think he, I, I believe the story goes that he he told her to move to a left or to right slightly or whatever because he he knew, he was told what lens it was. And because of his experience, he's familiar with, it's that far back, it's approximately this. I'm not saying he knew exactly his framing, but he had a very good understanding, very good idea, probably because of so many years of doing it and checking his shots and asking mm-hmm. to... Is this the is this the edge of my frame or whatever it might be? So he knew where she needed to be to, you know, line her up, which is something I, again I'd never thought about. And it's working with you and and trying to to find a way that um, you're all comfortable and you can all um, yeah express yourself in the right sort of way. And and it it's kind of odd in in theatre people talk about it being less real because the audience are far away, and there are elements that that's true, yeah. but. In film, when you are filming it and you're doing, oh, we'll do your shots and my shots, 
I don't react as I would react. I leave it a beat longer so that the editor can cut bits out and mm. get the line when they want the line. And the automatic thing is when something says when someone says something to you that your character disagrees with and you go, no, you you can't. You've got to let it hit you and then go, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And keep it as if you're interrupting them, but you, you do have that um that just to make the process easier afterwards for other people. Yeah. So the last couple of things. The one one is performances. Mm-hmm. Five of not your five favorite, but five yeah. of your favorite film performances ever. I have mine as well, but okay. Like I said, they don't have to be your top five ever, but five that if someone asks you that question, you probably think about. Okay, um, you do three if you'd rather. No, no, no. Like the the first two that sprung to mind were things that people won't necessarily connect with. But it's fine. They, they I didn't realize until la- last night. I had four. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that all of the films are named after the main character. And then the fifth one, I went, let's make all five of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, top, well, the the first two that sprung to mind were Christopher Reeve in Superman. Okay. Because I think he was the first to play two different characters. Um, that you were aware of. As in Clark Kent and as the first person to be playing Clark, Clark Kent and Superman mm-hmm. and play them in different ways. That's what I mean by that. Okay. Um, everyone else was kind of like, I'm Superman, but I have a secret when they were Clark Kent. Whereas he, he was the first to have different mannerisms and have Superman acting as Clark Kent. Um, Mm -hmm. and the, the other one, I mean, it just sounds very two dimensional with Michael Keaton as Batman. (laughs) Okay. But I love him as, as it's Bruce Wayne more than the Batman. I love, I just love how laid back it yeah i think he's an incredible actor Mm. um yeah he he definitely jumps out as as pretty brilliant Mm. um now that's this is where it gets difficult yeah once i'm out of superheroes i I don't know where to go um (laughs) there's lots of them yeah yeah absolutely um so the first one that came to my mind was dustin hoffman as hook in hook oh yeah yeah i mean that's because for a long long time i didn't know it was him and i remember in college telling someone i said oh that's does nothing i said no it's not and he, even when he was watching it was there going it's not it's, he heard a little twang in his voice he went oh that's him yeah. and i was like yeah it is it, it, it's that when the wig good. comes off at the end i mean that's that when it's you. more noticeable but yeah that incredible performance but i know it's a spielberg film so it's going to be at a level anyway but yeah. it's basically just a kid's film. glenn close in hook though I mean, no I know, one saw that I know, coming. I know, that did come up to my mind. I went, Do you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to name two from, that's a cameo. I mean, it's still a performance, but, yeah. you know, I'm talking like proper roles. Wow. Well, I, I, you know. <laughs> Keeping on the same theme. Go on. Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Played by Johnny Depp, starring as Donnie Brasco mm-hmm. in Donnie Brasco. See how many times I can say it. That was the first... I remember. I mean, Edward Scissorhands. I I enjoyed Johnny Depp in. Yeah. Um, but that was the first that I actually felt emotional with mm-hmm. one of his performances a couple of times. Um, the moment where he's gone to to his, well, his house, but is where his wife's sleeping to get this bag of money that she's gone and stashed away in the garage, and he's there. You know, you do not understand that. You know, and he's he's talking all gangster and all this sort of stuff. He's got so deep. And it's based on a true story, which I think helped me yeah. um, get more emotionally connected. Because I was like, if you're in this situation, 
you someone's going to die if you just suddenly jump out you, you've got to stay in and help protect this guy that's been looking after you and he had an emotional connection with someone who was not the enemy but t technically a bad guy technically um but yeah that was that was a, a big one for me uh have you thought of a third one i have mm -hmm. yeah um I mean, this isn't anywhere near being named after the character, but that's fine. It's from Love Actually. It's not the game. Okay. It's Emma Thompson. Okay. It's the mum acting, the mum yeah. acting when she's crying in the bedroom and comes that back the into scene the lounge. That came back to my mind. Um, and every every parent has done that. Most people have done that in a situation where they wipe their eyes, and even when she's, I mean, at drama school, you're always taught if you're, um you're always taught that if you're playing sad, the way you play sad is to play happy mm -hmm. because you you feel most sorry for someone who's struggling to hold it together. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as if you're playing drunk, you play sober because when you're drunk, you try to be sober and that's mm -hmm. the point. So instead of like the, the obvious one is like putting your keys in the in the door yeah you need to try to do that properly mm. and people the the automatic thing to do is oh you Miss. can't do it yeah yeah but you've got to be precise with everything you do and that's a more two, drunk two of the best drunk actors that come to mind go on simon peg nick frost yeah they, they're very Brilliant. they're known well, i say they're known for it but they are very good at doing their drunk acting they're not the yeah, only ones simon there, peg there does more, like but... a it's like an 11 or 12 stages of drunkness I've, i believe i've seen it on uh, one of the chat shows yeah where, um and it's brilliant yeah. it's so true and it definitely starts off when the beers start kicking in that he's got the like no you're trying to convince yourself that you're not drunk mm -hmm. yeah 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 oh i won't ask you to go through them now no, do you have no. a fourth one that's jumped to mind um well hang on you do your third okay. first. well that's fine <laughs> keeping in the, keeping in my same this. theme that i've done yeah mrs doubtfire oh i mean that's that's quality robin williams and mrs doubtfire yeah yeah. Again, yeah, but brilliant. that that goes to the the two characters, mm -hmm. similar to your your not quite Superman, but it was him playing a character playing that other character, and you you kept seeing in the eyes. It was a lot in the eyes of emotion mm. and uh, distress, upset. You know, all these different things, desperately trying to keep back. Uh, another comic turned out, which now I've I've connected more with having you know personal situation where you know I, i'm separated now my parents are separated I, I now see that in a different light i enjoyed it as a child but mm -hmm. now i see more of the pain not that it's difficult for me to see my children but it's i i can understand it i can relate to it an awful lot more I'm not saying you haven't got kids you can't understand you can't relate you you can but if you were one day to have kids i think it takes you to another level anyway yeah because it becomes more real you actually put them in the situation and go oh. and it yeah so that I think that's an incredible performance. I'm not saying it's necessarily his best, mm -hmm. but it's definitely. Obviously, you have um, there's Birdcage. There's obviously there's plenty of others. You know, yeah, uh, plays a psycho killer, I believe, in another one he's done. Very again, stand-up comedian doing acting. Mm. It, it very very good performances. Yeah. Um. So that's my third one. Okay. Mrs. Doubtfire. Um. Next one, I'm going to go DiCaprio. Gilbert Grape. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, I nearly put DiCaprio on here for a, a different film. I forget which now. Yeah. One Oscar. Mental. Unbelievable. It's a very good performance. And Leonardo DiCaprio playing 
um, mentally challenged child. Yes. Is that, is that the politically correct term? I think. Um, if it's not, I apologize. I, I, well, so many of us. Yeah, but I, I, I think a lot of people don't like the term disabled. And I, I don't know. Maybe that is correct. And if it is, I, I again, I apologize. I'm not, I'm not here to offend. It just people are not updated on the correct terms anymore. Anyway, him playing that performance, some people nowadays may argue, and I'm, I'm not saying everyone, but some may argue that they should have found someone with similar disabilities to play the role. Yeah, he... because it's effectively not allowing them the opportunity, which I, I I feel for them and I do agree. Yeah. However, there's also a part of me that feels, in the nicest way possible, it's not acting. Then it is still acting, but yeah. it's it's more. I mean, it's Breaking more Bad's impressive. a good example of. I was yeah, where his son is. Yeah, I, I think is I genuinely thought it was an actor playing that. Because it, it looked so believable, so realistic. And I just thought, okay, he's done a very good job here. Um and but then again it's still very impressive that him him with his condition, whatever it actually is, I'm not I haven't researched that. That uh, he's actually doing it. Cerebral palsy, isn't it? It could well be. I think so. Um But yeah, so obviously you don't want to try you don't want to stop them personally, your view isn't to stop them. Yeah from getting roles but do you think there's anything wrong with people playing that role provided they're not making fun of it obviously no i um i've forgotten what film i i saw but there's an actor in that 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 plays someone with a disability uh i mean dicaprio turned up to the audition in character okay so i mean that's and it was back in the day he wasn't a brave choice yeah um I didn't know that about him on that. So yeah, I think, I think it all depends how it's done. Mm. Um, I'm fine with it either way. Yeah. Um, I. Interestingly, this is this is off, off topic okay. slightly, but uh, I saw a job advertised the other day looking for genuine Man U fans. Right. Um, and it's for an advert. Now, if there's an actor that can't put on a red shirt and go. Come on, you Reds! I like. I don't. I don't know where yeah. we're at. If you can't rely on people to do that, um, yeah, it blew my mind. Like, and your your <laughs> your question is about whether we get someone with a certain disability in, because that's what the. I think as long as as long as people aren't excluded from it, um, yeah. Ruth Madeley in years and years. I don't know if you've seen that. No. She's wheelchair bound, and she's an actress that is wheelchair bound, and mm-hmm. the character is, mm-hmm. and. It's just it a it's a bit. It shouldn't be jarring, seeing someone in a wheelchair on TV, but it sort of is, unless they're in a hospital drama. You see more and more people with disabilities on children's TV now, which I think is really good. Yeah, because, because from a young age they're being introduced. To yeah, it. you don't want people yeah. staring in the street, and no. you know that. Oh right, okay, you're like that person from that program, and probably. Oh, cool. You're like the person from that program. Mm. So that's good. But children are more accepting anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, children are taught not to accept. Mm. And, and that's mm. where, you know, people talk about racism is taught, it's not born. And that's true. Yeah, well, my eldest, he's very good at saying, why is that person black? Mm-hmm. Very close to the person. And the thing is, that person, provided they got their, their head screwed on, I'm sure they have, 
they know that kid is innocent. Yeah. They're asking a question. Yeah. They're not being racist. They're not being offensive. That that person's then looking at us, not necessarily, but their their culture maybe is looking to us as a parent. Yeah. To it's what your answer them. is. Is the yeah yeah. Just say it's just a different skin color. That's just how it is. Some people have different colors. That's mm-hmm. all. You know, that's black and white. Okay, my fourth, Jennifer Lawrence. And you could pretty much put any film in for Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, but Joy. Okay. Have you seen said film? No. Again, I quite like Jennifer Lawrence, though. Yeah. I Again, I think she's a very good actress. Um, she seems like a nice person yeah, as well. Yeah, again, another genuine um, person. Um, yeah, I, I think at least twice, if not three times, cry in that film. I've only seen it the twice, and that's intentionally, mm-hmm. because I want to keep that emotion. I want to be able to connect with it. Like a star is born. Yeah. With Bradley Cooper, I've seen that the once because I felt so emotional with it. Yeah. I wanted it. I need because I nearly put that film down as one of them. Um, Bradley Cooper's performance in that because again, Bradley Cooper, I got a lot of time for, but he's also in Joy. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Jennifer Lawrence a few times, but yeah, pretty much any film, at least three times, I think actually. Um, and yeah, she she gives an incredible performance, uh, but that one in particular, I connected with and and emotional over a lot of a lot of performances for me is not necessarily me crying but me getting emotionally attached yeah and being able to invest and actually feel like i'm in that environment and sympathize with the with the actor in some way um maybe that's why comedies aren't on my list so much i mean there's comedy obviously in in hook and yeah this is doubtfire so what's your fifth uh, my fifth is uh not a very popular film okay as in, not many people have heard of it. Okay. Uh, but it's a TV film, I believe, called Conspiracy. And it's Kenneth Branagh in that. It's basically a meeting of Nazi generals, like high up in, in the Nazi regime. And they are talking about what to do with the problem they have at the moment of the amount of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And they go around the table and ask ideas. Yeah. And there's this speech towards the end where I think if you watch uh, David Mitchell and Robert Webb do do a sketch on this um, about a a murder mystery person and everyone is innocent until they find out who is guilty. And then suddenly they go, well, you did it because of this. And the the Mitchell and Webb sketch goes, well, yes, I obviously did do it because I have a cigarette holder now. Um. And just as soon as it's unveiled that they did it, their characterization changes. And like, I'm a baddie now. And I enjoyed it. Mm. And, and before that, they've just been talking about this new puppy they have. <laughs> and and that's how it's done. But he, he talks about... So they build up to him basically pitching to the room Auschwitz. Right. And talks about, well, you came up with some good points earlier that these people are good for labor. So um, it will take this long for this many people to work to build this camp and this is what's going to happen and it will um evacuate i think that's the term they use mm-hmm. um this many jews at in this amount of time so you do that this many times per day and in the space of a year that's 500,000 and uh just looks around the room and goes gentlemen this is what we can achieve. And he's not talking in an evil way. It's talking about 
he could be in charge of a supermarket going, we've overordered this. Do we do bow and get one free? Do we give them away with this? It's like, yeah. oh, we could do this. And if we do this, we can get rid of these. Mm. And he does it in such a matter of fact and not evil way. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, it's a great film anyway. Colin Firth is incredible in it. Mm. He Because he comes up with something. He basically wants to use them as slaves. Right. But because his thing is less evil than some of the others you're going i'll oh, go with colin firth even though you know what's going to happen yeah 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 um and no one's playing it as a paddy no and it's well it's, that's a sign of, a, of a, a good actor in the in performance yeah not giving away that punchline's the wrong term but you were saying earlier about when you're going to tell the joke hey, hey it's coming yeah. instead of having that it's that that controlled and and the natural that's something I would never be able to do as an actor. You know, I I couldn't act because mm -hmm. I I couldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to do that natural, and remember the lines I'm going to be saying and all that sort of thing. Such a a balance and and yeah, Kenneth Branagh is one of those that yeah, he can just say it and he could probably sit here and say something for five ten minutes and I wouldn't know it's actually from a script mm -hmm. because it would be that believable. These you know they're that caliber yeah. That's something I'm going to have to look into. Actually, was it a TV movie specifically? I think I think it was. Uh, it's called Conspiracy. Anyway, it's yeah. 2001. Okay. Um, and I only watched it for the first time last year. Oh, okay. Um, but it was, I don't know. It's just incredible how matter of fact it all is, and and they're not playing baddies. And no. you know, there is such a a, a stigma though... behind baddies, um, mm. that like, no, they hate the world and. They don't. They're people. Yeah. And maybe their view is misinformed or, or maybe it's just different to yours. But Well, some of them in, in that situation itself, some of them, this is their job. This is what you've got to do. Yeah. This is problem solving. Yeah. It, it, and again, at the end of the day, it's numbers. Yeah. This is what we have to do. Yeah. And so one of the, the first speeches in it talks it. about, um, no, you're, you're saying these aren't good people. They are good people. Mm. They are good at maths. They are good. Uh, they are good thinkers. They are physically strong and mm -hmm. we can use them. Mm -hmm. So even though he wants to do something terrible, he's at least crediting them as humans. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. do watch I, it. I will, it's, yeah, it's definitely good. will have to. My fifth and final. Cool. Go back to Taron Edgerton. And this this fifth one, the other ones were unintentional. It just happened to be that the, the characters were the same as the name of the film. Eddie the Eagle. Oh, yeah, very good. Again, I got very emotionally involved in that one. And I mean, that, that, that's that got a, a fairly Hollywood-esque um, pattern or, or rhythm in it in the sense that trying to make his father proud or, you know, family proud, that sort of thing. And feel-good movies, I guess, in some way. Mm. There's nothing wrong with them. That Everyone needs them to be able to sort of push through and try and maybe maybe find positives in their own life but again he's one of those actors anything i have seen and i, I think i've seen everything so far um i've thoroughly enjoyed so him and and jennifer lawrence i don't know i don't know if that would work he's a little bit short sorry there's nothing wrong with that tom cruise gets by fair point you're mcgregor in fact i'd like to see him in another action film that's something other than kingsman I think one day but yeah i think it's a, a very very good performance in it and that's another one of those that you could accidentally look too comical mm -hmm. especially with the glasses and that in that um role yeah and he didn't i and when he did it he was on jonathan ross and he spoke about it and it, and of course they were teasing and, and what have you but in the film 
because he was playing that character he was playing it as as this is my life mm-hmm. he was acting yeah um yeah you you forgot about that and it was it was very good yeah so. it, he also it's good to see a hero in a film that you know does some bad things um and makes mistakes yeah and that gets cut out from a lot of films yeah so yeah yeah good choice probably, thank you very much probably helped it was based on real life yeah so uh i say the whole reason for you being here yes we have uh a small promotion potentially yep i say potentially this should be out start of december cool we'll be sold out by then we won't there, there will still be tickets available i i would I, I will like a ticket okay i looked it up last night it's the same distance here as it is there so it's, oh, it's okay. only right but again don't want to go on my own fair enough um so tell the world what you're doing uh, i'm playing aladdin in aladdin mm. in in stoke <laughs> Do you know what i didn't even <laughs> yeah that wasn't even my reason there we for go it. You, you're about to find stoke on Trent, <laughs> mitchell art center yeah um uh it's it's a, a lovely venue mm. um it's about 350 seats um it's last small is it i didn't yeah, realize it's, it's quite sort of quaint and, and small but it's i mean stoke's a lovely anyone anyone from stoke is um very proud of the yeah. area or like a lot of people people from stoke are with the pottery and its history and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's a lovely area for that it's so friendly um and mm. yeah it, it is just great and last year the the script was awesome it was um and some pantos can be i oh, will just do sort of toilet humor or slapstick mm-hmm. no this ha- this had an element of that um That's what an element of, sil- of silly yeah but it had a lot of clever stuff and a lot of wordplay um mm. and some like the the lady playing cinderella last year was um well she's just finished in oliver actually and okay. she was in blood brothers at the time mm-hmm. um she's sadly not back this year but it is that level and abanazas in blood brothers mm-hmm. they they knew each other <laughs> from that we've got um a presenter from bbc radio stoke mm-hmm. in it um yeah my i happened to be working with the guy that was my best man mm-hmm. um and he's the genie so hopefully our chemistry will come across i was going to ask what he was playing yeah okay yeah it's the genie hmm. yeah so uh, um, i definitely will have to come and see it for him not you <laughs> um and yeah. there's a flying carpet i mean what more 16th to the 31st yes of december mm-hmm. uh, the amount of people that go when's your panto on mm. panto time yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it, last year was brilliant i can only imagine this year will be as well good thank you very much thank you cool i didn't know how to end it i was thinking just fade out all right bit of this bit of that bit of the other Bosh. <laughs>